from the AMF Podcast Studios. You're listening to the Health and Safety Law Report. I'm Doug Jenks. And I'm Abby White. So this is our December 2022 Christmas edition or holiday edition, as it were. Abby and I are taking a look at the year in review and uh, trying to decide, we were trying to decide what to talk with everybody about here at the end of the year, and we decided that we would share with you the OSHA top 10 most cited standards for the preceding year. And I don't know about you, Abby, but I do like to look at this every year because it tells us what OSHA is looking for and or at least what they're finding. Yeah, I agree. It's a pretty good guide. I mean, if you um, are going through an OSHA inspection, it helps to, um, I think, know what's on this list because that's, you know, those are the areas that OSHA is going to be most focused on. Some of them are obvious kinds of things um, and are uh, violations that are easy for OSHA to detect. But others, uh, as you'll hear as we go through this, are um, not quite so easy to detect and often are the result of complaints from employees. But as we go through them, I think it'll be clear and we'll talk about which um, which is which. And then some, of course, occur often because there had been uh, an injury of, of one sort or, or another. True. All right, so, so shall, we, shall we count it down from starting with number 10? Absolutely. Let's do that. We'll start with number 10. Why don't you go first, then we'll just uh, trade back and forth. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, So in the number 10 spot, um, we have machine guarding violations. So the standard is uh, the general industry standard 1910.212. And this year, there were uh, almost 1500 violations cited of the machine guarding standard. That's a little bit more than last year. Last year, this was also in the number 10 spot and there were about 1,100 violations cited. So machine guarding is the standard that applies to, um, you know, guarding machinery to protect your employees from things like uh, pinch points, nip points, um, rotating things, that kind of stuff. Um, And I think I have seen, it would be interesting to look up these numbers, but I feel like I have seen more machine guarding citations or maybe just more inspections, definitely more inspections. But I also think more citations since um, OSHA started to require reporting of amputations a number of years back. Sure. Yep. This is one of the few that I was thinking is on the list and is frequently on the list, usually because of or often because of uh, of injuries. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So somebody gets injured and then they, the employer has to report it to OSHA. They come out, they look at the machine and they decide that the machine is not properly guarded and then you end up with your violation. Right. So, okay. All right. Very good. I agree. I totally agree with that. All right. So moving on to number nine, moving on. Number nine, number nine, the ninth most cited standard in 2022 
was uh, it's under the construction standard 1926.102 personal protective equipment, eye and face protection. So there were 1,582 total uh, citations or violations, we'll say, uh, in 2022. Um, this has fallen a spot from number eight in 2021, so just slightly fewer um, citations this year. Uh, I think this is this is one that occurs in in a couple of ways, or OSHA discovers this violation in a couple of ways. One is through injuries. Somebody gets something in their eye, um, and it shows up, uh, and they have to get treatment for it in such a way they might be um, uh, they might be admitted to the hospital, and then OSHA would. Uh, be reported, they come out and, and do an investigation. Another way that uh, this is often cited is when OSHA comes to the job site, a construction job site, for some other reason, they're walking around the job site and they just look around and they see employees working without eye protection. And that that is something that I see happen with uh, my clients all the time, that they'll have three or four citations and one of them is is this particular standard yeah. because while the compliance officer was there, they looked around and and a few people were not wearing their their safety glasses. Yeah, yeah, I think that happens a lot. I think this is a, a one that gets a lot of complaints too. I think it's an easy thing for employees to complain about. Like they are not happy with you know, some aspect of their job safety wise. And they're like, I should have some equipment to protect me from this. OSHA, come look. So I don't know. Well, if somebody wanted to file an OSHA complaint against their employer, this would be an easy way to do it because mm -hmm. it's common for people to just simply forget to put their safety glasses on. And so you could look around you and you could probably find a coworker who didn't have safety glasses and you could say, aha, yeah, I'm going to call OSHA and have them have them come out. Yeah. I think that does happen. Okay. Oh, That's number nine. Number eight. Let's hear it. Okay. Eight is fall protection training requirements. Um, so not the actual fall protection equipment that you might give your employees, but this just pertains to the training, the required training that you have to conduct if your employees are gonna work at heights. So the standard is the construction industry standard 1926-503. Uh, this year there were uh, almost 1800 violations. Last year uh, it was number seven. So it has also dropped a spot uh, from last year with 1600 violations. So. Again, this this isn't um, for violations of employers who or citations of employers who fail to provide fall protection. This is citations pertaining to either insufficient training or a, you know a lack of training altogether. You know, one way that I see this often cited is that the compliance officer will come out, they'll see a fall protection violation. Um, as they're driving down the road, they'll stop, they'll do an interview, they'll ask the employees, have they been trained? And 
often, even when there has been training, employees simply won't acknowledge it or they won't remember it or something. They'll say, well, no. And then they'll end up, the employer will end up with a training violation. Sometimes there actually was no training, but sometimes there is. And the employees actually just say, for whatever reason, they, they say there was no training. and They don't remember um, it. Yeah. And so you get the fall protection citation along with the um, the training citation as well. Yeah. I think OSHA has the mindset that if there's a fall protection violation, then it must be because employees were not adequately trained. Um, and, and I don't agree with that. I don't necessarily think that one is the result of the other, but um, typically if you're going to get cited for training, it's because there's an underlying fall protection violation. So your, your best way out of that is to keep really careful records of all the training that you do. Right. Good advice. And have everybody sign off on it. Right. Like legibly. So you can actually <laughs> read their name. Right. True. Good point. Right. That's true in many things. Okay. Number seven. Powered industrial trucks. This was, um, it is uh, uh, standard 1910.178. So that's in the general industry. And powered industrial trucks um, pertains to vehicles and machines like forklifts and motorized hand trucks and things like that. This also includes training uh, issues. And so what often happens is that there is an accident involving a forklift and good Lord, there are lots <laughs> of forklift accidents. Um, just Google that or go to YouTube and do a search for forklift accidents. And there is no shortage of videos of, of forklift accidents. So often there will be a forklift accident and um, sort of like the fall protection training, there'll be an investigation and then OSHA will um, conclude correctly or not that the operator of the forklift was not trained adequately. And, uh, and then that will result in, um, in this, uh, uh, in this uh, alleged citation of, of this standard. There were 1,922 citations for um, this stand violations of this standard in 2022 and it has climbed two spots from uh, 2021 up from uh, the ninth most uh, uh, commonly cited uh, standard can't really explain why it has climbed up the list except to say that there's probably more people working in warehouse environments than maybe there were uh, in the preceding year for COVID, yeah. perhaps, who knows? And, yeah. or maybe there's, you've got more people who um, have less experience because you've got more people entering into the job market who had not done this kind of work before. And they're just not used to working in these environments. And I will say that I've seen a lot of that kind of thing. People who are off work for like a year or more and they go back to work and they're literally sort of like out of practice. Yeah. Um, not in good shape anymore. And, and people do get, do get hurt. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the labor market makes it tough too. If you're hiring whoever you can find, whoever applies for the job, you know, just because you need bodies Correct. and you're, you know, anxious to get them out on the floor. Maybe they're not people that really should be driving trucks, but they are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Have right. accidents. It's so, true. Yeah. All, All right. right. So moving on up to number six, 
Um, number six is lockout tagout. And uh, the general industry standard is 1910-147. There were 2,175 violations of the lockout tagout standard this year, um, which is up. Uh, it's a lot. It's up quite a bit over 2021. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's in the same spot. It's still number six. But uh, last year, there were 16 hundred violations, almost 1700 violations, but still that's a pretty, pretty significant increase. So lockout tagout um, is the standard that requires employers to control hazardous energy while a machine or a piece of equipment um, is being serviced or there's, there's maintenance being done on it. And they're looking at not just, you know, electrical energy, but pneumatic, hydraulic, all sources of energy have to be um, completely locked out before maintenance and service is performed. And lots of times when we, when I see these citations, you probably feel the same way. It's questionable whether the activity being performed uh, truly is service and maintenance or whether it's just a, you know, a production change, you know, cleaning something out or making an adjustment or switching out a, a die or something like that. Um, because there is an exception to this for certain activities. So these are always kind of uh, very technical and tricky, tricky citations um, when we see them, in my experience. Oh, they are, because these machines are often very complicated machines. And um, it's not clear maybe what the procedure should be for some employees. Um, and uh, uh, as you were just saying, it depends on what the activity is, and that's not always clear if the activity that's being done is one that requires the machine to be locked out and tagged out. Right. Okay, moving on, number five, scaffolding. This is under the construction standards, 1926.451. Um, there were 2,285 citations for violations of that standard. Um, it, it's fell one spot from number four in 2021 uh, when there were just over 1,900 violations. So just a few more under scaffolding. And this standard requires employers to um, erect scaffolds that are designed by a qualified person. Um, they have to be constructed to withhold the weight uh, that they are going to be holding. They also have to be constructed in such a way to prevent the employees on them from falling. If you are on a scaffold that is higher than 10 feet, then there has to be fall protection uh, provided. Scaffolds that are less than 10 feet, um, you do not have to have fall protection, uh, not under the um, scaffold standard uh, anyway. So this is one that we do see frequently. This usually appears, at least when I've been looking at these over the last several years, scaffolding standard violations um, typically does appear on here. It's often falls. People are falling from scaffolds. It's easy to fall from a scaffold if you're not paying attention, even if a scaffold has proper fall protection on it. These are dangerous. I mean, I don't want to say it's inherently dangerous, but um, you are working at a height. And whenever you're working at a height, there is some risk, I guess. Um, so you do need to, need to be a little bit more uh, careful when you are up on these uh, on these devices, and people people fall, and uh, and then you end up with uh, 
uh, with citations. There's other ways that they can be cited um, and for other reasons. It's not just falls, that they're not constructed properly or um, they are too far from maybe the structure that the, the people are working on, for example, if they're not braced properly, if there is improper planking, or if people are um, putting, say, a ladder on top of a scaffold, or they're standing on a box or standing on some object on top of the scaffold to get extra height, that can result in a violation uh, as, as well. So that is number five, scaffolding. Okay, so um, moving on to number four, um, strangely, it seems like ladders, ladder citations uh, are at number four on this list. Although I will say um, in researching this and looking around uh, before we did this podcast, it, I did find uh, that the NSC's website, their safety and health magazine um, has respiratory protection in the number four spot. But everywhere else that we've looked has uh, ladders in the number four spot. So I'm going to go with ladders <laughs> for number four. Um, and that is the uh, construction industry standard 1926451, um, which I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, any, uh, you know, violation involving a ladder, whether it's the um, setup of a ladder, how people are using the ladder. Um, there are lots of different things that can go wrong when you're using a ladder. Actually, some companies have a, uh, like a ladder's last uh, philosophy to where they um, want their employees to not use ladders if they can avoid it. They want them to use like a man lift. Um, on jobs, and they're, they're bigger companies, obviously. Um, you're not gonna have a, you know, a very small operation bringing a cherry picker out on a, <laughs> on a job site necessarily, but um, it's because of this. It's because ladders are so frequently the subject of um, OSHA citations, injuries, safety violations, et cetera. Yeah, people working from ladders, um, they drop things, including themselves. It's <laughs> I mean, if you can work from a lift, obviously that's way safer and way more effective, but that's very expensive. And, and uh, a lot of employers don't have that kind of resource. Right. Yep. And I also think people take ladders for granted because homeowners, we work from ladders all the time. And I can right. go to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever, Menards and buy the same ladder that I can get at a construction job site. And, uh, you know, so when you are using a ladder, you think that this is almost like a, it's just like an everyday sort of piece of equipment. And some people don't heed it the same way or don't consider it the same kind of, uh, as the same kind of tool as, as they might otherwise. Right. Yeah. It's familiar. It's not high tech. Um, right. You know, right. The design of a ladder has not changed in probably, nope. you know, centuries. Right. Right. <laughs> like the wheel. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Moving along. So number three on the list. And uh, this is something that has it appeared in 2021. And if I'm not mistaken, it was not on the list before then, in, in, at least in the top 10 or certainly wasn't this high. And that's respiratory protection. 
Um, and this is under 1910.134 under general industry. And the reason I think that we are seeing so many citations under that standard is because of COVID. And we had a lot of uh, employees making complaints to OSHA about coworkers who were not wearing masks or employers who were not enforcing mask mandates. And then OSHA would come out and do an inspection and issue citations under uh, this respiratory protection standard. So I think that explains why it is climbing up on, uh, on the list. And now hopefully that COVID is waning Hopefully, this is not going to be such an issue uh, in the future. But do you, do you agree with my um, evaluation there, Abby, about why this is so high on the list now? I do. And I think what happened, too, was um, especially like at the beginning of COVID, uh, everybody wanted their employees to wear N95s which are not masks. They're actually respirators. And once you require someone to wear an N95, you have to have a respiratory protection program. Right. And that's, you know, a lot of people weren't thinking about that. They were like, oh, just put them in an N95, they'll be safe. But once you require that, then, you know, you've got a whole other slew of obligations. So that yes, is that's a long way of saying, yes, I agree with you. No, no, but that's a good point. That's a even a better point than the one I was making. And it reminds me, I need to be careful about my language because I talk about masks all the time. And, you know, I, I've been corrected by people who say that I should call them <laughs> face coverings, which I, I refuse to, to call a, a mask or N95 respirator a face covering for the same reason that I don't call socks foot coverings. But, <laughs> Nonetheless, I, I digress. Okay, carry on. All right, so number two, hazard communication. Um, 1910, 1200, it's a general industry standard, but it applies universally to all workplaces. It's the same in the construction industry as it is in the general industry. Um, and you know, I think employers that work a lot with uh, chemicals and you know, caustic substances, toxic substances, that kind of thing are familiar with this, but um, maybe less so employers who just have like, you know, cleaners on their job site or, you know, a bottle of Windex or whatever. Um, maybe that's a bad example, but basically anything that, you know, you have on site that's a chemical, you've got to have a hazard, you've got to have it in your hazard communication program. You've got to train on it. You've got to have an SDS for it. Um, and so, um, yeah, that gets cited a lot because it's a pretty complex standard. There's a lot of training required. Um, it requires a lot of constant monitoring to determine what chemicals you have in your work environment. And sometimes that changes pretty quickly and easily. And if your program isn't up to date, you can get cited. So I, I'm not surprised to see that at number two. Um, interestingly, it was at number five in 21, 2021. Wow. So I wonder what that's all about. I don't know. Okay. Assuming this is assuming this information's right. Again, I'm looking at the NSC website, which you know, a question. It's got a couple things different than some other websites. Oh, maybe this right. is one. Right, 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 yeah. right. Okay. So are we ready for number one? Yes. Drum roll. Drum roll, please. 
number one most cited OSHA standard for 2022 was the same number one most cited standard in 2021 and in 2020 and probably in every preceding year for for several um and that is fall protection under the construction requirements that's 1926.501 uh there were almost 6000 citations for violations of 1926.501 and this is the standard that requires employers to provide fall protection when employees are working uh, above six feet there's three basic kinds of fall protection there's uh, personal fall protection systems there are guardrails and safety nets Um, and uh, i think the most common use uh, or the most common fall protection method that i'm seeing now is uh is the personal fall arrest systems which are very effective but they have to be used appropriately and they actually um, they take some degree of expertise and they take some degree of care Um, they cannot be used in every application and even when those personal fall arrest systems are used people do fall and uh, and they fail Um, often it's because the device was not used in the appropriate way. So for example, sometimes uh, they uh, an employee will use it in a horizontal application when it is only designed, the personal fall rest system is only designed to be used in a vertical application. Uh, and so it, it doesn't work. So even if you are using the correct fall protection methods, you have to be careful about implementing it um, appropriately. And here's the thing, people fall on construction sites all the time. It is the number one cause of death in construction. Um, and so it doesn't surprise me that it is the number one most cited standard. Yeah. It has the uh, dubious distinction of being on the list twice, fall protection issues. Oh, right. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Training and, uh, and the actual falls themselves, or at yeah. least failure to actually have the device. Yeah. That's it. Okay, so that is our top 10. Is there anything else that we uh, want to add or throw in? Um, not here. I think we covered it. I think that pretty much covers it. We'll do this list again next year, and we'll do this as our annual holiday treat. How's that? Yeah, that we, sounds good. For like Dick Clark or Ryan Seacrest, only only better of that. Yeah, only so much more exciting and so Countdown much more festive. More exciting, yeah. Okay, well, Abby, thank you. All right, thanks. Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, As always, remember, we are lawyers. But we're not your lawyers, at least not while we're on this podcast. Have a happy and safe holiday season, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.